0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the SPFL Show, hosted by myself, Callum McFadden. Today I am very lucky to be joined by Cameron Deakin, who you may know from Football CFB. He is one of the main writers on the website now and has an incredible passion for Scottish football, along with many other passions when it comes to sports as well. First of all, Cameron, how are you?
1: Uh, yeah, Thanks very much, Callum, for having me on. It's, it's brilliant to uh, actually be on a podcast that I've been basically started listening to it at the very beginning of lockdown. So it's a bit weird for me. But no, yeah, thanks very much. Uh,
0: the first question I've got for you, you, you wrote an article for the website last week talking about how Scotland really made you fall in love with football all over again. And for you, how good was it to have Scottish football back? Because for myself and and many others up here, it was it was just we're counting down the days till we, till we got some competitive action back on the go.
1: Well, yeah, it, it's been strange, hasn't it, really? Because th- there seems to be despite everything that's going on there always seems to be football that's just happening anywhere so I've basically just been grabbing at any sort of uh, <laughs> any sort of football I can from any part of the world really so when obviously the the Premier League finished and the EFL finished then it was a week break and now we've got the Scottish football back and then we've got also European football back again it's just it's glad to have proper league football because it, the English football didn't really feel like it was worth anything Everything was basically done and dusted and there was basically six games left. But this now feels like we've got a league starting again. It's proper football now and it's worth something. You know, that there are real stakes involved now.
0: Absolutely. The the stakes are very high this season. As you know, Celtic are going for 10 in a row. Rangers will do everything in their power to stop that. We'll start with Rangers and Aberdeen because that was the first game of the Scottish football season. Mm. Rangers won the game 1-0. There was lots of focus on Alfredo Morelos. Did he look as if he was he was sharp enough? But for me, the statistic that, that was most telling, he was the most fouled player on the pitch and he crucially also made the most foul. So he was clearly involved despite the speculation and the, the constant analysis of his performance. And, and I would argue an over-analysis. But Rangers got the job done, a 1-0 victory. Morelos, of course, gets the assist, Ryan Kent scores. What did you make of Aberdeen, though, before we come to Rangers? For me, Cameron, Aberdeen were flat. I felt that like they mm. they just were very passive. And, and for me, I know they've brought in Edmondson from from Leeds, but I think when you lose a player like Sam Cosgrove to injury, you, you need a kind of like-for-like like replacement because for me and Johnny Hayes um, and, and even Niall McGinn and um, Matty Kennedy, you've got players who can deliver a really good ball into the box, but... For me, Bruce Anderson and Edmondson aren't the physical presence that are going to trouble many defenses with the with, sorry with balls into the box.
1: No, and, and I agree because I've, I've basically thinking about it for all the games that I watched over the weekend. I would probably say that Aberdeen put in the worst performance of all the sides that I saw. It did, like you said, it looked flat. It didn't look there wasn't any real threat there, and I think they went the whole game without with a shot on target. In fact, and they had they had one. They had one chance where there was basically a scuffle in the box, didn't they? But the, again, there was no real threat. Never, there was never once in the game where I thought Aberdeen had a real chance of scoring here. And as you said, Val uh, Coast Grove up front, they, they lacked any impetus on goal. And there was, I think, um, Derek McInnes came out after the game and he even said that, oh, they, they had a decent level of performance. And I'd be a bit worried if I was an Aberdeen fan looking at that and saying, if that's the decent performance, <laughs> you know, i I'd be wanting a bit more than than basically nothing all game. They were utterly dominated and I don't really see what he saw in that. So yeah, I think they need an option up front that is gonna be they need someone to replace Sam Cosgrove and maybe they were reliant on him far too much to get those goals for him because now they they really didn't look like they had anything going forward.
0: It's going to be a big season for Aberdeen because I was at the game last season covering it, um, St in Aberdeen, and it was a 0 nil draw and the Aberdeen fans weren't shy in letting Derek McInnes know their, their thoughts about him. I can understand an element of the media who think that's very harsh and, and have a lot of time for Derek, he's always treated me well, um, but it doesn't gloss over the fact that I do think this is a sort of season where it's going to come to an end one way or another. For me, I think Derek Mm. will either get through the season, finish third again, and then I think he would probably look to move on for a new challenge. Or in the worst-case scenario, they'll continue to stagnate and there might need to be what you would call an enforced change. Just how do you think Aberdeen will fare this season? Because, as I've said there, the pressure on them every year is to finish third. But for their fans, I don't want to say they're fed up finishing third because... Of course, it's an achievement when you compare their budget to the, to the old firm, but they want a trophy. And I know he won the League Cup a few years ago, but they want another trophy and they want it quickly.
1: And it's, it's, a, it's a weird one, really, isn't it? Because, you, like you said, it's the best they can really do is third. And you're always pushing for that spot. It's like, you, you want to be the best of the rest of the teams, don't you? And they lost that spot last year, and they'll want to be claiming that back again. But it's... It does seem like it would be a slow uh, stagnation, especially without the best striker up front. Um, I, can't, I would like to say that they would be top four at the very least, but if they continue to play the way they did against Rangers, I would be slightly worried if, were, if I were their fans. And like you said, yeah, maybe it's, it's going to come to an end one way or another, despite how well they can play, and we know that they can play.
0: In terms of Rangers, for me, a lot of the conversation has been on Balogun at the back. I thought he was very comfortable, I thought he looked impressive. However, the one thing I would say, and I'm not trying to put a dampener on it, he has been playing very regularly recently in the Championship, so maybe he is just a few steps ahead in regards to fitness to the other players on the park, but... But that slight assertion I'm making there aside, he was very comfortable on the ball. And for me, he looks like a positive because I've said this on record a few times, Connor Goldson for me is a good defender, but I, I, I'm I not convinced with Goldson over the course of a season. And I think it was a priority for Rangers, regardless of whether Katic got injured, that they needed another centre back in there. And And as I say, on his debut, he, he ticked all the boxes for me.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think one of the main positives coming out, because I really thought um, on a completely different note, I thought Rangers looked quite poor going forward. But I think defensively, they did look strong. And I would say that it's that consistency and they kept the clean sheet like as they needed to. But Rangers have a real problem with that consistency at the back and they leak. they need to be able to find a way to stop leaking bad goals because they tend to dominate games. So when it comes to a situation like Aberdeen, they they might have thrown that game away last season, despite how poorly Aberdeen played. So defensively, they looked well, and I think the, the back line was looking good, and Barisic was playing as well as ever, and so was uh, Tavernier. So maybe if they can keep that consistency, despite the uh, sort of sluggish forwards there was at Aberdeen, and again, it was the first game back after so many hundreds of days or whatever it was of lockdown. So I, w- I would say that, yeah, promising signs for the back for Rangers.
0: One of the players I need to talk to you about is Rangers do signing Kemar Keemar I've watched hmm. bits and pieces of Roof, um on television. I've not watched them live. However, obviously, with yourself having a closer eye in the championship down south than I have, just how hmm. highly do you rate Ruth? Because for me... He seems like the sort of guy who, even when he doesn't score, will contribute to the team.
1: Well, if I can put it this way, I told um, my friend yesterday, who's not an avid Scottish football fan, I said, Do you, you know, uh, you know, Rangers have signed Roof. And he went, what, oh, really? And it's, it's that sort of, he is that sort of player. He was a very, very good player in the Championship. He was a very good player for Leeds. And I think going forward, he will offer... Uh, ranges a lot, and whether that is as a replacement for Morelos, which I'm sure we will talk about, but it's he—he he is a very good striker. He's someone that is—he will be—he'll be a presence up front like Morelos, where he will drag defenders out of the way because they will have to mark him. Because if they don't, he will score goals. And it's—he's got the speed of a, a top-class striker. He knows where the goal is, and crucially, hes, he's basically—he's a very good poacher. So he, he will lie around inside the box and the ball will fall to his feet and he'll find the back of the net. For Rangers, I think that's very important because someone like Morelos, who can get himself sent off a lot, Ruth will not do that. <laughs> you know, he's not, he's not someone who's going to be pushing and throwing punches whenever he can. He's someone who will be on the pitch, reliable, he's energetic, and he's, played, he's been playing well for the past few years. He's not really had a season, whether that be at Andlex, whether that be at Leeds, where anybody said he's a poor striker. So I think it's a very very big buy for Rangers, and if he can perform to the levels that he can do, it might give them a little bit more of an edge.
0: In terms of that edge, they definitely need more striking options, as you've said, because Morelos, if he does stay, can get suspended. And with Mm. all due respect to Germain Defoe, I think he's an excellent player, he's had a wonderful career, but 37-38, niggly injuries become more of an issue. The next thing, though, that I do want to mention is the fact that they've not only signed Keemar Roof as a striking option. They've also bought Cedric Eaton, who has arrived from from St. Gallen in Switzerland. Now, I'm not going to patronise the listeners to this podcast and pretend that I've watched it and regularly because I haven't. All I can do is judge them on the statistics and, and judge yeah. them on paper. And on paper, what I would say is at St Gallen, forty-two um, games, twenty-three goals is very positive. It's, it's better than than one and two, for the national team, the senior national team, two caps, three goals. Again, very positive. However, the one thing that I would mention, and I know he was a lot younger at the time because he's only he's only twenty-three now, turning twenty-four in December, but he started his career at, at Basel. And, and it didn't quite work out for him there. He, he broke in, he scored three goals in 21 games. He had a couple of loan spells, which then led him to St. Gallen. But for me, Rangers is a totally different ball game. I know Jamie O'Hara has spoken this week about Bournemouth being a bigger club than Rangers. No disrespect to any cherries <laughs> listening. I've never heard so much rubbish in my life. Um, mm-hmm. Rangers are a massive club, regardless of what side of the Glasgow divide or... Um, Scottish football, you're in. Rangers are a massive club, not just in Scotland but in the UK. And and for me, the the key question for, for you, Cameron, is because Rufus came in and Eaton, does that suggest to you that Morelos is on his way?
1: It it was it points the finger at the door, doesn't it? Really, because the, we're talking about two strikers here who like to start and like to get goals. He's especially with Eaton. He's been playing regularly for for St Gallen and. I wouldn't expect that he'd want to be sitting on the bench, you know, because he, like you mentioned, his statistics, 23 goals in 42 games, is it's a decent return. You know, it's the same sort of return that Morelos has been getting for Rangers for the past few years. So with two decent strikers coming in, was, can you imagine Morelos is on his way out? I'd imagine so. Um, there hasn't really been any solid uh, offer coming to my understanding that I've seen there's a lot of rumours floating around and I know that Stephen Gerrard is very coy to wanting to talk about it as we saw post-match against Aberdeen but the two strikers coming in would suggest to me that either there's going to be a dramatic change in tactic and they're going to have a lot of reserve forwards or Morales is on his way out.
0: Well that's that's going to be the, the key one to watch and I think for Steven Gerrard, it's good for him if Morelos is going to leave, that he's got his replacements in early. However, mm. the only other thing that would worry me if I was Steven would be the fact that if you are leal and you've got, say, a striking option and you're, you're not in, in great need to sign Morelos ASAP, because the window's open to October, will teams be tempted to, sounds daft, you could say, to sit back for a while and just watch how Morelos gets on, because if he wants out and teams leave it a couple of weeks, his value could actually end up going down if he if he mm. gets disruptive. So it'll be interesting for me to, to to see how Rangers handle that. But we've talked about Aberdeen and Rangers. I want to go to, to Celtic versus Hamilton. Um, mm. Obviously, we're going to cover all the teams in Scotland here. That's important. But because it's the first week, I think it's important to, to discuss the big two and their starts now. Celtic won 5-1 at home. They were comfortable. However, I, I don't think it was really necessarily a 5-1 game. I felt that like Hamilton had, had spells in the game, particularly first half, where they were in the game, they had a few chances. Ockham for me, if he was more clinical or a wee bit quicker, because he's, he's feeling like he's a yard of pace, especially when he gets into the danger areas, I felt that like Hamilton could have troubled Celtic more than a first half. But the main talking point is former Celtic striker, West Ham striker Frank McAvennie said that Odson Edward uh, wasn't interested and didn't look interested. Edward responded by scoring a hat trick and then on Twitter saying not interested and then the three emojis that stand for footballs to basically say I've scored a hat trick, so you can you can be quiet now. Just how crucial will Edward be to Celtic this season? For me, he's the best player in Scottish football, and I've went out and said it on the limb. I think he's a better player than Moussa Dembele. They are better sorry, they are different players. Dumbelli, I think, is a lot more powerful than Edward, and I can understand why there is interest from the English Premier League. I just feel Edward has a lot more to his game than Dumbelli. I feel that he can drop off and dictate play if if he needs to. Um the, other, the only criticism you could say is that I've linked to the powerful nature is maybe he's not particularly great in the air, but I think he can improve in that. But but for me, as long as he's at Celtic, I think Celtic will win the league.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I can't, honestly, what, watching him the other day against Hamilton was, and, and obviously there's always this caveat that it was the first game back. We don't know how, if that's how the teams are going to perform for the rest of the season, but he, the fact that he went off the mark and scored a hat-trick the way he did, and they weren't particularly brilliant goals, although I must say his second one was very, very well taken considering the position that he was in, um, he just looks brilliant. I can't, every time he's in the box with the ball, I cannot see him, not scoring basically he see he just finds the goal all the time and if he can continue on that form which you know he, he started off with he's going to break records because there's with the service he's got at celtic he's got the good players around him who can give him that service into the box and he's going to do his job and find the back of the net every single time without a doubt and i can't and like you said yeah he's probably the best player in scotland at the moment um it would be a shame if Celtic lose, and I don't think they will. I think he'll stay for at least another season. Um, I can't. And if that was him playing while he's disinterested, I I would fear for the teams that play against him when he looks interested, because he'll score four or five. Because he did. He he played brilliantly, and even without going aside from the goals throughout the game, he held up the ball well. He laid off the ball to the wingers well. He was his passing looked clean, his control looked good. It's he has all the skills there of a great striker. And, yeah, like you said, he, he will be pivotal for rain, uh, for Celtic Sorry, getting that 10, 10 in a row.
0: I think for me, Neil Lennon talked about the 2 fullbacks and Greg Taylor and, and Jeremy Fringpong. He was very impressed with them going forward, but he did say at half-time at Taylor in particular, he felt he had to remind him of his defensive duties. For mm. me, both fullbacks for Celtic, very impressive going forward. People listening to this will say I'm biased towards Greg Taylor because... He's from the same town as me, but I think Greg is a, a player who I rated very highly when I mean, he was at Kilmarnock. I felt the Celtics should sign him. Um, when Kieran Tierney left. Um, a lot of people didn't think maybe he could step up. Ball and goalie was was more expensive, you could argue was a bigger name. But Taylor for me now cemented these places. Celtics first choice left back and the assist for Frimpong's goal was fabulous. Mm. The finish from Frimpong was was fabulous as well. But as Neil Lennon says, Cameron, Do you feel that defensively there will be bigger tests to come for those players rather than than, all due respect Hamilton ackeys at home?
1: You'd you'd imagine so. And yet I still think that they can do those attacking duties to the degree that they did them and not really worry. Because if Celtic are a team that are going to go out and score three, four, five goals in most games because of their fullbacks coming forward, then why shouldn't they? And And I understand that. He wants them to to drop back and make sure that they remember their, their defensive duties, of course. But what we're seeing from teams in the Monday is that the the best teams have attacking fullbacks who will come forward when there's an attack on, and then be able to drop back when they're when they're having to defend. Maybe Greg Taylor wasn't doing that enough uh, in the first game of the season, but when you're scoring as freely as Celtic looked like they were going to against Hamilton, you. You obviously are going to be pulled forward. You want to be involved, and the, on the other side of that, there's there's Frimpong as well, who's a player who has been I've had my eye on for a very long time now because he, he just looks brilliant going forward, and he he could play as a right midfielder for Celtic. I honestly believe that. But he's um I think the fact that they've got these two brilliant attacking wing backs for Celtic will only help them. You know, because there's, there's not many teams who can have two very good wingers the top class striker and have the two wing backs as well who can sit back when they need to, but also push forward when they need to go forward and get a goal. So in the games where Celtic are pegged back in the in the bigger matches that will potentially decide the season, the fact that they've got two wingers who can come up and deliver in a ball and can even pop in with a goal now and again, I think it will be is massive for them.
0: To talk about Hamilton, I have to say I was really impressed with Brian Weiss after the game. He's a man who conducts himself well. And and he was right in what he said. We won't be judged in the game, games like this, Celtic Park away. But he was also very adamant that why should Hamilton not come and try to have a goal, which which to be fair, they did. A lot of people Mm. could say it was a big decision to start young Andy Winter. I covered his debut for Hamilton against Edinburgh City and he scored that day. And for me, he was lively in the first half. He showed glimpses of... Of quality, I think for me Hamilton are a team who, as Brian Rice says, would be judged today on uh, would be judged at home against get away. Sorry, against Celtic, but I think they showed they showed enough for me to to not be too worried. A lot of Hamilton fans, um, yeah. a couple of good Hamilton supporting friends, and and they want to see another centre half brought in. So it'll be interesting to see if Brian Rice do, does that not one for singling players out an awful lot, but I have to say I felt that Ronan Hughes was, was quite poor for Hamilton and I felt that if he was able to track his runners better, then I think Hamilton would have been in the game for longer than they were. But as I say, for me, Hamilton are written off every single season. Brian Rice knows they will be favourites to go down because they always are, but but I wouldn't be too concerned if I was a Hamilton fan. Um, anyone can, can ship five goals to Celtic or Rangers on their day and and for me, I saw enough of Hamilton there to think, hmm. just just wait till they get that home game and, and let's see where they go from there because, as I say, Brian Rice for me, he's a, he's a very smart operator and he you knows Scottish football inside out.
1: And, and it's funny because I, I got quite a lot of flack for uh, predicting Hamilton to finish bottom as most people do. But, having said that, watching Hamilton on the day, I thought, they do look like a, a good side, you know, and you can look at the stats of a game and go, "Oh, it finished 5-1, and Celtic had basically 90% possession, or whatever stupid stat it was there." But Hamilton going forward, they looked half decent. They was, they were, they looked better than Aberdeen did, in my opinion. They were going forward. They were controlling the ball well. They were passing the ball well. They were spreading it as as best they could, and they did cause Celtic problems as they went forward. And I I, I genuinely think when it comes to playing those more uh, bitty games against the sides that they will be competing around the bottom, no disrespect to them, against that they will get the results they need. And I still think <laughs> I'm going to stick to my guns and still say they'll finish bottom because of all the the transfers, etc, cetera, etc cetera, hundreds of reasons, but they did look good and maybe that's just because teams tend to step forward a bit when they're playing against Celtic and Rangers and they, they want to try and prove a point or they want to go out in a blaze of glory, etc. But I think that, I think they, they looked all right, yeah, despite the 5-1 loss, which is an interesting thing to say, isn't it, really?
0: Absolutely. And, and for me, the, the, the game that interested me, if I'm honest, the most at the weekend was Dundee United-St. Johnson. And the reason mm. it interested me most is because of the two new managers, Mickey Mellon at Dundee United and Callum Davidson taking the reins at St. Johnson. I was really interested with the game, not only for the fact the new managers that came in, but the formations that both sides played. Mellon went with a, a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2, depending on how you look at it. And in terms of St. Johnson, they went 3-4-3. And, and for me, I found that interesting, especially in St. Johnson's case, because Tommy Wright, really top manager for me, he will be <laughs> a totally pigeonhole. And Sam Allardyce of Scottish football this season, <laughs> in the sense that if a manager goes, I think Tommy will be the guy who will be the top of everyone's list uh, pretty much. Maybe not Celtic Rangers, but he'd be the top of everyone else's list, I think, if they need a replacement during the season. It's an interesting change of formation for St. Johnson because they're a team who, under Tommy, were good going forward, don't get me wrong, but they were, they were always known as being quite resolute defensively. So it'll be interesting to see if they can adapt to playing a more open and expansive style. In terms of the, games, the game itself, 1-1, penalty earlier on, Nicky Clark scores... A red card for St Johnson, which made me think, right, this is Dundee United's chance. Your first game mm. back, you've got Lauren Shankland, maybe score two or th- score another one, maybe even get it to three, have a really convincing start and and really build in that. But but that wasn't the case. St Johnson he- held in. Liam Craig scores the goal. And for me, in the end, they, they got a deserved point. Mm. Do you think that Dundee United will hold on to Lauren Shankland? And
1: how do you feel they'll do this season? Well, I, I've predicted that Dund- Dundee United will do quite well this year. And looking at that game, I think they've got they've got to iron out um, a lot of errors defensively. It was a defensive error that gave uh, St. Johnson the goal in the end. And if they can slowly begin to iron those out, I think they will do well. They've got a good enough team to do so. And I think, like you mentioned with Shankland, if they can keep him, and if he performs better than he did in that game, because he, he wasn't really in it for a lot of the match, if he can perform better, I think he will score goals. I think he's one of the better strikers in, in Scottish football at the moment. And I think that with him forward, and like you said, with the formation that they're playing, it's a, it's a unique formation that when you've got a new manager in, trying something new, especially going into the Scottish Premiership, you want to sort of label yourself as a, a, with a style of play. And if that's the way they want to go forward, then I think they can play some very good-looking football. And it's the goal they scored was brilliant. Well, the build-up to the goal they scored was brilliant. Um, and no, I, I thought Dundee played very, very well. Uh, it's, if they can continue that against the other side that they want to be competing against, because if they want to go for a top-six spot, I think they do have to iron out those errors, though. Because if they don't, they will give away a lot of goals and they'll find themselves in the bottom half of the table.
0: Goal of the weekend was Chris Park against Hibbs. That goal was a goal that Ronaldo would have oh. been proud of. The most clean strike. It was. It was absolutely sensational. But, but on Hibbs, I have to say Martin Boyle gets both goals. For me, he's a target for Celtic. That's been that's been very obvious for for a couple of seasons now. I think Hibbs will do all they can to hold on to him. I've backed Hibbs to finish third because I feel like their business getting in Gogic getting in Dre Wright And getting in Kevin Nisbet very positive, especially when you Mm. consider you've got the likes of Stevie Mallon and Scott Allen, who, for me, with a player like Gogic in midfield, will help them because he's robust. He knows his role, he wins the ball back, and he gets it to the ball-playing players. And for me, that'll suit Hibbs. But as I say, it was a highly entertaining game, and and I'm sure you'll agree with me, Chris, but that's got to be be goal of the week.
1: Absolutely. I thought this game was actually the, the game of the weekend, to be fair because it's it started out you know very fast from from Hibs um, especially and i thought the connection between Scott Allen and Boyle was brilliant actually they they looked very very good they looked top they, they were one of the best performing sides in of the opening weekend i thought Hibbs um in the second half that dropped off a little bit but they kept up their defensive work and they kept going obviously they conceded the amazing free kick which you, you can't do anything about that towards the end of the first half but, that said, Kilmarnock looks strong as well. So the fact that Hibbs managed to hold on, which they don't... They, I think I heard a stat, I think it was eight, eight times last season they gave away... You know, they, they lost points from winning positions. And the fact that they didn't do that against Kilmarnock, who in the end probably had the better of the, the ball, especially in the second half, I think was a, it's a strong statement to make. And if they can continue to get those results against the, the top six sides that they're going to be performing against, then you're probably right. third place would not be, is not unlikely, and they'll have to go up against Aberdeen as long as they they step up, and not like they did against Rangers. But, yeah, Hibs look very, very good.
0: It's definitely going to be interesting to see Kilmarnock as well. Alex Dyer getting the the permanent job there. I like Alex Dyer. I think he's a... Mm. Very passionate guy, but he's also a very personable man as well. You can you can have a conversation with him, and he won't rush you away. He, he can talk football all day, which I absolutely love. He's infectious, and and I think O'Marnock will improve this season. I feel that Alessio came in last season; it was a, it was not bad. So that I don't think it was as bad as, as as many many people had made out. They decided to make the change for whatever reason, but I think him in permanent charge will will help. But to go on to, the, to 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 St Mirren Livingston for me, I backed that game to be a, a bore now and a draw. Could say I was close. Richard should take us to go for St Mirren. They win one nil. I have to say Jim Goodwin for me is a guy who clearly knows what he wants from his side. He's he's very hard on them when they when they disappoint him. So I think he's the sort of guy who won't let St Mirren sink without a trace. So great start to the season for them. And some of the business they they they, they did in the summer was impressive. I think Marcus Fraser. The former Ross County captain's a good signing. Richard Tate scores the goal, I think it's a good signing. Tam Kevin of off-the-ball fame here in Scotland, mother fan, really likes Richard Tate and said that he was one of the players that he mm. felt could be a dark horse for Scotland cap around 18 months ago. So that shows you the, the mark of him. Livingston, I think there's lots of speculation over Lyndon Dykes. I don't think that'll help the player or the club for the time being. I, I think though, now that Rangers have signed... Um, two strikers, I think London Dykes, the Rangers, is that ship has sailed He may get a move down south, who knows But hopefully for Livingston's State's sake they can keep him Because they, for me they get a lot of criticism They've got a plastic pitch and, and they can be direct at times But I'm very passionate about this, I think you play to your strengths I understand mm. everyone is mesmerised by the likes of Pep Guardiola's football and, and Brendan Rogers, especially his first season, was here in Scottish football uh, Mark Warburton's brand of football at Rangers in the Championship especially was, was fantastic to watch as well but I think you've got to be adaptable and for me I've never got a problem if a team plays more direct because Livingston showed in the last two seasons since they've been promoted that they can mix it up and they can get big results as as Christopher mm. Julian will, will tell you because every time Celtic play Livingston I think that's probably the game that Christopher Julian dreads every season.
1: <laughs> it seems like it doesn't it and it's Livingston for me I think it was best summed up by by Gary Holt at the end of the game he said he said they just need to put in the work and it's strange because they seem on, on stats to have dominated the match and it almost looked like the opposite from the face of it because they didn't they didn't look fast they didn't really look up for it for a lot of the game but when they realized when it went a goal down and they realized that they to try and get something out of it, they they pushed a bit more. And like you said, they're very, very direct side, which leaves them open at the back. And it's it, they did they didn't look they didn't look terrible at Livingston. I think if they if they worked harder, they've they've got something there. And like you said, they can shake it up a little bit, especially against the bigger sides. Um as for St. Mirren in that match, I'd say like you've mentioned Richard Tate. He looks like a, a brilliant signing for me. He, he scored the goal, it was, it was a great goal And then he seemed to be at the forefront For basically every single one of St Mirren's attacks I didn't see, there wasn't one um, you know, exciting attack That St Mirren had that didn't seem to involve Richard Tate there So if he can continue to play at that Especially from, from, uh, from left back Which isn't his natural position at all If he can play like that for the rest of the season Then he could really push St Mirren on Who at the end of the day didn't look brilliant without him there going forward.
0: On to the last game of the weekend, Ross County-Motherwell. We talked about Aberdeen in the intro. I mean, for me, Motherwell were a team who I was desperate to watch. I thought, right, you've got Jake Hasty back, you've got David Turnbull fit, um, you, you've kept the nucleus of your squad, which, to be fair to Stephen Robinson, normally doesn't happen for him. He normally has to make a lot of changes. I really like Polworth as well. But I have to say, I just felt that like Motherwell were the most disappointing team of the weekend. I know people can say that about Aberdeen, but for me, they just didn't get going. Ross County, to be fair to them, they hit the bar, they were they were on the front foot. They, the penalty was, for me, a definite penalty. I know some people have said Gallagher got a nick in the ball, but I, I just don't think you make such a ferocious tackle in your own six-yard box. I think you're asking for trouble fair to Ross Stewart I think he's one of the, the better players in the Scottish Premiership and I think there will be a lot of interest in him um, hopefully for Ross County not before October but definitely at the end of this season or January because he's a top player and he proved it last season changes at Ross County I've interviewed Stephen Ferguson a couple of times and for me he comes across very well he's now the chief executive of the club and, and a lot of people are trying to, to analyze is that what's going on there why is he moved upstairs etc but Speaking to Stephen, he's comfortable with that. I think he he's happy with that role. Stuart Kettlewell or David De Gea, as, <laughs> as many people are referring to him as, um, knows what he's doing. They're, they're a team that are favourites to get down, along with Hamilton, pretty much every season. But they've got an owner in Roy McGregor who has got finance and and, and will use it if he, if he needs to. But I have to say, they were very impressive. But the less said about Motherwell's performance, the better, however... I'm going to make a point, and again, people might call me it's cronyism, but I felt that Jordan White made an impact when he came on, and I feel that like he'll be a key player for Motherwell because as a reference to Livingston, Jordan White gives you the ability to mix games up. He's more than just just a, a straightforward target man. He, he's good with his feet as well, but, but for me, he's the sort of guy who <clears throat> at times this season will really help Motherwell because, as I say, they have the potential to mix up with Jordan, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him start the next game.
1: And yet, the irony is, especially with what you've mentioned about Motherwell and how poorly they played. I think they had, they did have the opportunities that they could have gone forward and drawn, and even won that match. You know, they had long hit the post. They had Lang's open header, which he puts either side of the goalkeeper, and they've scored. Donnelly's missed penalty in the second half. Ross County sort of got away with it in the end. I think they played well, and I think that they've got good foundations there going forward. And I think it's a brilliant win for them. Uh, especially against one of the the top six sides you'd, you'd expect, and you've mentioned Ross Stewart, but the thing I'd like to, to point out with him is that he n- not only did he play exceptionally well, with his, he, he looked strong, he's he's a big player, he looked fast, he's clearly very talented on the ball, but more surprisingly so was his brilliant defensive performance that he put in. It just it stood him out a mile. He was there, he was covering the wing backs when he needed to, and he was full, he he looked like he was all over the pitch, honestly. And if he can continue like that. I hopefully for Ross County. I think Ross County will will do well. They've got good strikers, especially in the likes of in Billy McKay, who we know can score goals, and he has done for forever it seems. But I think that yeah, m- maybe Motherwell they didn't play as well as they can do by any means, and I completely agree with you on that. I think they had the chances to to win the game, and I think that's maybe more of the shortcomings of Ross County than it is. Uh, the shortcomings of Mulwell because they, their their defence needs to be shored up slightly. Um, without that, you know the, the sixty goals that they conceded last season is <laughs> it's pretty awful. And if they can, they got a clean sheet on the opening day. What more can they ask for at the end of it? But they could have conceded uh, on several occasions, and they looked very easy as, as they were pushing through. So Ross County, I hope because I, I very much like them as a club, I hope they stay up. But if they can concede goals like they have been doing last season, they're they're in trouble. As for Motherwell, I think that they have the players there absolutely that can push them on and they can do as well and maybe not reach the heights that they did last year, but they can they can absolutely play play well. And they again, it's the opening day. We've had a massive break and no one's up to the standard that they want to be yet. And I think that they will improve. It's a poor start from them. But I think we're yet to see the best out of most sides, especially the likes of Aberdeen and Motherwell.
0: It's definitely going to be an interesting weekend of fixtures. We've talked about every single club in the league. Let's just have a prediction of, we don't need to give scores, just um, who we think will win or it will be a draw. First of all, St Johnston, Aberdeen. I'll be honest with you, I'm going for a draw here. I, I, I see St Johnston um, getting something from the game based on what we've seen from Aberdeen last week. Considine will be a big miss so for me I'm, I'm going for a draw on that you...
1: Yeah I, I would definitely say I'd be I'd be nudging towards Aberdeen because you'd hope that Derek McInnes has got into the squad and said look that was by no means a good enough performance by the standard that we want to be putting up there so maybe Aberdeen snatch it and I think but I forgot to mention as well St Johnson have made a brilliant signing in Craig Conway who's one of my favourite football players is it uh, in terms of his delivery of a ball so I imagine he wouldn't start yet. He's not going to be up to fitness at all. But, yeah, I can, I'm can. i going to say an Aberdeen winner for this one. Uh, well,
0: something that I wouldn't be surprised if Aberdeen win, but for me, I, I just think the game's got a draw written over it. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong many times in the past. <laughs> um, Hamilton-Ross County, for me, um, it's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to say Hamilton will win. I think Brian Rice will get them up for the game. It's at home, and I think... To be honest with you, I just feel that having played positively um, last week at Celtic Park in spells, I think I think they won this game. I think Brian Rice will will have them up for it.
1: Absolutely, I, I completely agree with you there. And it's, it, I think if if they can even play to half a, and again they lost five one, but if they can play to the standard which they did in that game, I think they will. Yeah, they'll probably beat Ross County just because they look they look very slick going forward, and we know that Ross County leaked goals.
0: It's definitely going to be an interesting game because it's normally the sort of game people call a six-pointer, but far Mm. too early for any of that nonsense, but a big (laughs) game nonetheless. Livingston versus Hibbs. I think for Hibbs this will be a tricky game, Livingston's home record is is very impressive, so I think for me, I think Livingston will bounce back and and get at least a point, but I'm going to stick my neck out and say Livingston will win the game 1-0.
1: I'm, I'm going to go the complete opposite way. I think Hibbs continue their good run of form. I think the way that they looked, if they can double their, their first half performance and have a first and second half performance in this game, I think they'll win it. I think, yeah, like Livingston have a point to prove after losing St Mirren. So it'll be close, but I think Hibbs will take it just because I think the, the quality of their players going forward in Scott Allen and Martin Boyle is strong enough that they can get the goals and take the win.
0: Motherwell Dundee United. I'm going Motherwell as I said earlier. They should start Jordan White, and I would like to I like to see how Dundee United's defence cope with him because he's a player who's caused some troubles in the past in the Scottish Championship. So for me, I think Motherwell will bounce back. I think Stephen Robinson and and Keith Blasley will will have had words with the squad after the game on Monday night. I don't think they'll be happy with that performance by any means, and I think they'll definitely bounce back.
1: I, I've gone I've gone for a draw on this one because I think that. I think Dundee looked good. I think I've mentioned the mistakes that they make. Um I think I agree with you that Motherwell want to bounce back from that. But I think we are yet to see the best of Dundee United. I think that they they've got the players there up front who can cause problems for the for the bigger sides in the league. And if they want to get to where they want to be in the league this season, this game is important to them because they want to set down a marker. They should have won that first game of the season. And I think They'll be pushing hard enough that they will maybe snatch a point, maybe even get three points from this game. Um, but I can't see it. I can't see it really tipping either way, to be honest. So I'm going to go for a draw in this one.
0: It's definitely going to be interesting either way. Um, but as I say, for me, Muller will just get over the line. Rangers mm. versus St. Mirren. St. Mirren, very good victory last week. But I do think Rangers being home. I know the fans aren't there, so people could say. Um, It it doesn't make too much of a difference But I think for me, Steven Gerrard and Rangers They they won at Aberdeen Steven Gerrard will know that people have been talking about the performance Not being absolutely incredible But for me, I I would say that that Rangers will win this game And I think, to be honest with you I think they'll win convincingly And I think Mm. come Monday, people will be saying What a difference that was to the away game at
1: Aberdeen well, look they've got they've got a point to prove after celtic's victory as well so they need to bounce back from that and say that look we aren't we aren't going to let this title slip away you know we're not going to lie down for it so yeah for for me i agree i think it's maybe not by um not who's going to win but how how many it's going to be won by so i think that rangers if they can step up with the and especially if in morales's head he's wondering Maybe I might not leave, but now I've got competition to, to stay in the team. Maybe he's going to stay up this game for the first home game of the season. So, yeah, definitely Rangers win on this one.
0: Last game, we've got Kilmarnock versus Celtic. I think this game will be won by Celtic. However, I just, and the reason I say that is because I just feel that it's come at the wrong time for Kilmarnock. I feel that if this game was maybe five or six games in and Kilmarnock had a few games under their belt, I would be confident to say that Kilmarnock could get at least a point, but I feel that. Second game of the season. There's been a few signings. The goalkeeper got injured last week, so Danny Rogers got his debut. A player I know well from Greenock Morton. Um, wish Danny all the best. But I just think, in the end, Celtic will win this game because, as I say, for me, it just comes too early for Coman in the season.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I can't, I can't see Celtic slowing down yet. And they've got, even when they play, they don't play particularly well. They score goals, and it's. It's like you said. It's unfortunate for Killy that it's come along so early on because maybe had they got the ball rolling a little bit, they would have would have had more of a chance. But um, yeah, absolutely. I think Celtic win this one. But maybe it'll be closer than we maybe when we're looking. But I can't look much further than Celtic.
0: It's it's definitely be it'll be interesting regardless if either Celtic or Rangers drop points. It'll be an interesting discussion come Monday and also Aberdeen as well. I think there will be eyes on them because. I know people say, oh, you're you're talking nonsense, it's only one game of the season. But as I say, before the lockdown started, there was just an element of Aberdeen fans who were frustrated with Derek McInnes. And I just Mm. feel that if he was to go the next couple of games without winning, the pressure, even though the fans aren't at the ground, would would ramp up. And and again, I'll say it on record, I would feel sorry for Derek because personally have a lot of time for him I think he's a really great guy also but I think he's a good manager I do I think he's a good solid manager but I just feel that in football you can't stay at the same club forever those days are gone and I just feel that fans are after a change coincidentally who they'll get if they if they, if they make a change I do not know but mm. it's definitely going to be interesting come what may but Thanks for your time today, Cameron. There'll be plenty more articles from Cameron dropping on the CFB website, www.cfbfootball.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at FootballCFB. You can follow Cameron at cam under deacon21. And, of course, um, please tune in to the SPFL show as we cover all of Scottish football throughout the season. Not a lot of Championship League 1 and League 2 chat today because the season is coming back. Um, in October. But good news for Greenock Morton. They've finally made a couple of signings. My hometown club, um, saying Gary Oliver's re-signed, and Rabin Omar has joined the club as well. So the championship certainly seems to be heating up in terms of signings, and that that league will be at the forefront of this show over the next couple of weeks. But from Cameron myself, enjoy your week and hopefully we will have another entertaining round of fixtures coming this weekend and who knows when it comes to Scottish football though I'm sure there'll be another controversial incident Whether it's a red card, a transfer Or even a manager walking away Who knows until next time See you later <laughs>